On today's episode, I'm joined by project engineer Ryan Damon and fellow marketeers Judge Erzinka and Preston Lintfer. We're talking the 2022 Antelope Extravaganza. Preston and Ryan both have two tags for Antelope this year, and we get some insight from Judd on a past experience in an area that these guys will be hunting as well. I had a great time with this conversation. I hope you enjoy it. I'm Joyce Hornady. You might say accuracy is my business. I make bullets. You are listening to the Hornady Podcast. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Hornady Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Seth Swerzik, and I'm joined today around the table with a, a good group of guys. I've got to my left, Marketeer Preston Lentfer, and then across the table, Project Engineer Ryan Damon and relative newcomer to the podcast, Marketeer Judge Jerzinka. Guys, thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, you bet. Judd's been behind the camera a lot. Yeah. First time on it. Yeah, it's sure nice. A little change of scenery here. I've been behind the scenes with Preston for far too long now, so. Front and center. Yeah, well, <laughs> and that's why I said relative newcomer, yeah. because there's probably not been anyone more intimately involved with the podcast than Mr. Judge Jarzinka right here. Yep. Uh, and I'd say involved with, because one, he's literally sat six feet to my right for every podcast we've ever recorded. But before that, before I was even in marketing, he was in the ear of everybody that would listen. Hey, hey, we need a Hornady podcast. We need to get this thing off the ground. And uh, eventually, he got it off the ground. Yeah. I don't know if I can take all the credit for that. There was a whole whole plethora of people that were about That's true. It, but well, it does, as well as Preston. Yeah. And Preston, we're fellow video guys here on the marketing team. So it's kind of been a, a team effort. But Yeah, it takes a village as, as most things do. But- yeah. Uh, and yeah. as as we get this podcast off the ground, speaking of this podcast, drop a comment down below. Let us know what you want to hear, what you want to learn about. We'll be happy to accommodate. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point because, yeah, we sometimes get focused on what we think is cool and interesting and, and we want to hear what everybody else is, is into. Yep. So, yeah, appreciate that, guys. Well, I didn't gather you around to just talk about Judd as much as we like Judd. It is darn it, darn close to hunting season. And I mean... Not even close right now, but it feels like it is because I think all of us have been bitten by the infectious bug like we get bit every year. Preston and I were driving to lunch today talking about, like, oh my gosh, it's, hey, you know, it, two, two months and we could be talking about hunting here. Uh, so we're getting absolutely switched on for hunting and I, I can't even begin to describe or contain my excitement for 2022 hunting season. It feels like the bug has hit a little earlier than it normally does this year for whatever reason. Yeah, it does. And Does it ever go away? Mm-hmm. You just April have to quit that. talking about it for a while. You got to force yourself. Yeah, you got to yeah, you got to come up, you got to come to work with your nose to the stone ready to, you know, ready to get work done. But then there's like 6 months out of the year where man, it's it's a struggle to get anything done. For the listeners out there, I feel like we've done a pretty good job of of giving you guys a sneak peek into, you know, kind of behind, behind the scenes in the day-to-day with Hornady and getting to know certain people here in the company. But every single day for the last several weeks, my office is right next to your guys's. We're walking in the morning and Ryan Damon's on our, you know, ah, Judd, I got a message from Ryan. He's talking whitetail. <laughs> he got a new sale cam we're going to put out and, and it's just all we're talking about. So we're going to focus that energy and that excitement from just broad level, it's getting close to hunting season and we can taste it, to a little more specific. As it turns out, 
I'm going to call this the year of the antelope for you guys because Preston and Ryan both ended up with not one, but two awesome antelope tags in uh, three different states. And Judd has some experience hunting in one of those areas specifically, and he's got a a pretty cool story that that we always relive and watch the videos and see the pictures of. And uh, antelope, for me, is one of my most favorite animals to pursue. I don't know about you guys. I'd agree. And favorite just because of different. And I'm, I don't know if mm-hmm. that's just for me, but, you know, we're central Nebraska. We're whitetail. We're waterfowl. You go a little ways out west here and you have antelope and they're just so weird but cool i don't know they're just they're funky just hunt them way different yeah. than you would hunt the whitetail in central nebraska yeah that's yeah. that's true and yeah i think we all grew up uh and really cut our teeth in hunting as whitetail hunters primarily and then yeah you get out west you don't have to go far from here to get in some antelope and the style in which you hunt them and probably my favorite thing about it is the feeling you get when you are pursuing an animal with your glass and you're, and you're, you know, you're trying to find something and all of a sudden you see an ear or a nose or a head, or you see a good buck or whatever, and you get all excited. Well, you get that like every 10 or 15 minutes when you're antelope hunting, because usually finding the game is not necessarily always the problem, but it's like that dopamine hit of like, there they are right there. And I don't know, it's just, it's fun to find what you're after. Yeah. And it, and they kind of growing up, they got a terrible rap as far as table fare. Mm-hmm. Everybody said they're terrible. They taste like sage. I don't want to give secrets away, but that is my favorite game meat out there. And I've not had a whole bunch, but it's in my opinion, it's better than elk. It's better than deer. I'll, I agree. hundred percent hands in antelopes, the champion of anything you can kill in Nebraska and eat. There's no doubt. If prepped properly. And maybe that's something and we should yeah, get on. There's so a caveat there. That's a good those. idea. I've had both times. The very first antelope I shot was a was a, a doe uh i don't a handful of years ago but anyway it was rifle season it was cold so we ended up having a successful hunt got the antelope down i was with a friend of mine he shot a buck i shot a doe and you know just like a whitetail you know let's throw them in the back of the truck and cruising around and uh took it back to the shed hung it i can't remember if it was just overnight i don't think it was i think it was overnight and then we drove home you know a handful of hours home and cut that thing up and tried to make a steak out of that thing, I, it, it was not very good. So, going forward, the other antelope I've harvested, and I think you guys can attest to this, get that hide off of there yep. as quick as you can, and it, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah, I, and, and that's, that's what I heard going into it. So, that first year we went out, had that thing skinned within 15 minutes, snapped a few pictures, skin was off. And that, I think that's a huge thing. Their hair is such a good insulator. It's hollow. It's hollow yeah. core, yeah. So, so it yeah. holds that air in, creates that little buffer, that thermo buffer. And, and yeah, we they, walked three miles back yeah, unskinned, and it was still delicious, you know. It was relatively hot that day, but we're getting off topic. Yeah, let's, let's, uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's go first to uh, the, the tag that you all three have in common. You know, Nebraska, we've talked about this, is largely you could split this whole state in half, and, and they're two incredibly different and diverse landscapes and in that western half we've got great populations of a lot of things but antelope being one of them and you guys have put in for a lot of years and you finally drew on the same year the same permit that judd drew was it two years ago now two or three that's true i probably should have checked on that before we started this but yeah (laughs) it's been a couple of years uh three years i think because i'm looking back at my points and i think i have 
about my third point this year. So I think it's been probably three. Yeah, it was 19, right? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And the, the hunt that you guys target uh, is a muzzleloader tag, which seems counterintuitive that it's not a rifle tag, but we make some great muzzleloading products. Ryan, you are, you know, the muzzleloader guy when it comes to Hornady and bullet design with the board driver FTX. But that tag is pretty unique in that you get a little bit less people out there. You know, you're just fighting less people in the field and makes for a better hunt. And unlike the uh, whitetail muzzleloader season in Nebraska, the muzzleloader antelope season is actually before the rifle season. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's, that's really a, cool. a, benefit. a huge yeah. perk. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it, yeah, the I, I think a primitive season should come before a less primitive season and uh, i think our deer season should probably follow long story short completely tangential let's focus on antelope uh i want to hear judd's story of how his hunt went down because that's it's such a a fun hunt and you got to do it completely solo yeah which you know hunting with the guys and hunting with your buddies is always fun i love to share experiences but there's also something to it about you know being by yourself and having having a good time out there yeah yeah, and I'm sure you guys have heard most of the story, but this is, you guys will be licking your lips by the end of it, Judd. What happened well, here? <laughs> Western Nebraska, you got the old smoke pull out, bought a new muzzleloader for the trip. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that part too. So yeah, uh, I was actually, first I started out in Colorado. So from Nebraska to Colorado, was on a family vacation, did that for a couple days and then cruised up uh, to, back to Nebraska to do this antelope hunt and it ended up being... I'm sure I probably planned it this way, but it ended up being like a Tuesday through Thursday hunt, which anybody who, you know, listens to podcasts or tries to hunt public land, no brainer. That's probably the best time to go, you know, just less pressure. So Mm -hmm. it ended up just working out like that because of my schedule. I took off that whole week, spent the first weekend out with family. And then that Monday did the driving to hunt Tuesday morning. And yeah, it was cool. I've been in the area before, so I, I archery hunted it back in the day i think maybe when i was in college or right after college so i was familiar with the area i didn't go out and do any pre-scouting or anything that year but anyway just got up there i think i got up there with some light left that first day that monday night and i cruised around kind of had an idea where i wanted to go ended up finding a place to camp threw up the tent right next to the truck and, and stayed under the stars which wasn't very much of a of a roughing it type of deal because I had the truck right there by me, but it was still cool. It's just cool being out there. So yeah, that not to stop you right there, but that in and of itself, when you talk about western hunts in Nebraska, is kind of in the plains or the prairie area, not necessarily western. But you get on those hunts. Well, we live in a town. We we come to work in a town, and just to be so desolate in western Nebraska. I mean, that's the definition of desolate. There's just nothing out there. And it's, it's just, it's just fun being alone in the desolation. So that in and of itself, like you said, is, is cool. Yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. I enjoyed it. Just hearing coyotes and, and, and different creatures just, I don't know, making noise or whatnot all evening long is pretty cool. Uh, so anyway, I think I still had time. I think I shot my muzzleloader just since the traveler or whatnot. I actually taped up on some fence, a target and took a couple shots and that muzzleloader, everybody's probably got their own way of, you know, getting that thing to shoot or whatnot. My thing was, whether it was fact or just a mental thing, I had to have two shots on that gun before I took it out to hunt. I had to have two shots on it. And that was just a, I don't know, thing that maybe made me more confident. But anyway, I got my two shots. They they were good, grouped good. So I was ready for that morning. So 
I woke up and uh, just started trekking in this uh, piece of public that I was camped by, and it didn't take too long. And I'm pretty sure just a couple of hills in, I popped up an antelope, and it's like, I, it's right away in the in the trip. You know, I'm an First hour day. into this, not even, and my whole thing going out there, and we could probably talk on this too. But one of my draws to antelope, and maybe at some point I'll, I'll get past this, but I've only harvested a handful of antelope. So to me, an antelope is, is an antelope. I hate to say it. So it's like the scoring thing or the pressure, you know, that's that, that I put on myself, which I'm trying to get better at for a whitetail is, you know, it's got to be an older deer or so big a rack or whatnot. And all that for me went out the window for an antelope. It's like I'm hunting for an antelope but I mean, what, yeah. there's one right there yeah. and you you're know? looking for character too probably it's not about the score you just like how things look yeah. yeah so ultimately what you just said that was my deciding factor on that first buck i saw i'm like yeah it's 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 a good antelope but it's just an antelope i don't know why i had that line in my head but i told myself like it's just an antelope it's the first day it's just an antelope i'm gonna get, keep going walk past him and see what i can turn up and that in itself on nebraska public land has not been my experience. Mm-hmm. I actually got to walk by a, a shooter animal. I've never had that before. So that <laughs> right there was, was, was a huge victory. So I, I, I passed that one up, you know, I didn't, didn't attempt to try to get in a shooting position on him and then hiked around. And I, I mean, I went slow. I mean, I was just more enjoying the day, checking things out. I ended up finding a couple of trail cameras that somebody had out there. So and, and the best thing about that is I walked past them. You know, didn't mess with them like some people tend to do or, yeah, or experiences yeah. some people have had. We should know? probably have that on it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we could do a, like a, a public land blunders thing. Oh, yeah. like, oh, yeah. I mean, we've all got stories, but. <laughs> yeah. So you didn't touch trail cameras. Good on you. Yeah. And uh, looking for goats. So, yeah, I just, you know, spent the rest of that morning just meandering around. And the other thing, this is kind of a side note, but. There's a bunch of different like dirt roads, you know, the farmer's roads or the rancher's roads, I guess, out there is what they'd be. And it's a little tricky. You got to know your stuff to know if those are public roads or private roads or whatnot. And and ultimately, I just, I decided to myself that I'm pretty sure those are, are private roads. I'm not going to use them. So I was walking past all these roads or whatnot. And I saw a couple of rigs drive through, but I'm assuming it was just a rancher. Come to find out, looking back at the maps, I'm pretty sure those roads were public so i could have drove in there but i didn't know that at the time so the perk of going midweek probably helped me there there was minimal traffic so mm. we've been on, on on an experience like that where we could have driven on roads and walked and it turned out great yeah. we, we we could have driven to a hundred yards within a dead animal and instead <laughs> we walked it for three miles out yeah. It was great. Yeah, it was great. Great experience. That's the way the story's going here. And hard, it, hard work pays off. Yeah. And it was awesome. So anyway, I passed that first goat up, found those trail cameras, hanging out, ended up having to cross a creek. Uh, in recent time, I became a big waterfowler. And this, so there was ducks and coots and things out there. So I spent a handful of time just watching them in my binos and messing with them. So that was cool too. Ended up finding a place to cross the creek turned up another antelope and kind of just the same story like man it's so early i've got a few days this week and so far i haven't seen anybody other than those ranchers rigs so again i just told myself why i had that line but i was just that's just an antelope so i walked past that one uh ended up coming on a a prairie dog town and 
I don't know if this is you guys. Did you smoke pull them? No, <laughs> I, I thought about it, but when I'm out there out west, not so much around here, but when I'm out west and I come across the prairie dog town, I'm super hesitant to walk across. Oh, rattlesnakes! I know, and I don't. Yeah. I'm, I'm. I know it's probably me just getting in my nope. own mind, but no, I'm just like thing. me being Central Nebraska whitetail guy. Uh, I'm going around, or I'm tiptoeing, watching every step. Well, I wasn't concerned before, but I am now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, and you're out there by yourself, and that's that. Yeah, you know what? That's a good decision. Yeah. I mean, it's a unnecessary risk, and the chances of seeing one, however small they are, and then the chances of it being aggressive enough that it, you know, bites you or you actually get bit is probably pretty small. But you're out there by yourself. You know, they like to live in those prairie dog towns. I'm Wait out of there. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, I, I I do tiptoe through and I get past the the prairie dog town with no snakes. So that was a victory. And then we're probably getting about lunchtime, and I turned up a third antelope. And you know, I told myself the same line, but it's like this is Nebraska public land. Do I really want to pass a third antelope? So anyway, I'm I'm looking this third antelope over and looking at him, and he was out of the two that I passed, he was probably the smaller smaller of the three i guess out of the three that him included he was probably one of the smaller ones but as i'm looking at him i see super soft way off behind him out of focus out of focus another antelope and i I couldn't tell you distance i couldn't even guess it but far enough that it's hard to see but i can see with which is sneaky i know it doesn't mean anything to the score but right when i saw that with i'm like there he is. That that that's what I'm going for. Something different, you know. Yeah. I, I had that line of that's that's just an antelope, and I find this wide one, so target acquired. And where he's at, he's actually on private at the time. I pull up uh, my maps, and I can see that he's on private. But he's working down the ridge, and that ridge line leads right into public. So I'm like, all right, I got a boogie over there. And then you do the whole thing with the closer antelope that I'm gonna pass or walk by. How do I get around him to not booger him, clear over, and run that one on? So I play a little cat and mouse game with with that one. Ended up getting by him, and uh, finally get clear around, run into a bunch of cattle, which you're bound to do out there. So they kind of like start grouping up on they you, think and making you got a the feed truck. Yeah, yeah, they start making a scene. So I'm behind the hill. Yo, get out of here, cow! <laughs> you know, trying to like, you get, you know, they're blowing your cover or whatnot. So anyway, I get past them. And uh, finally make it up to where I think that antelope is going to be and, and can't turn him up. And I've been guilty of this, and I need to get better of, like, I'll, I'll give up on the situation. Like, he should be here. Where is he at? He's not here. And I'll give it a little bit of time. And then I, I, I like, subconsciously, I don't know, I find myself, like, standing up and, like, you know, we're just getting lazy. And that almost bit me in the butt. So I started walking back up this other ridge, like coming deeper into public and have to hit the floor because I walk up and he, he's about 140 yards away from me. So it almost bit me in the butt. I've done that spot and stock whitetail where I don't know why, just, just learning curves, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Hard to be patient. I just, yeah, get lazy. So anyway, that about bit me in the butt on that stinking antelope. So I dropped to the, the floor. I guess I should have said before this, I had uh, just a little Sony Handycam camera with me. So I was kind of filming on and off through the whole thing and end up getting that camera set up uh, to get on the antelope. Turns out he had a whole group of does, I don't know, seven or eight does with him, does and fawns. But I got the camera set up and on him 
uh, and enough, you know, squirreling around or whatnot to get the tripod out and the muzzleloader. And uh, they're kind of feeding away from me. So I think when I finally took the shot, I guessed it at, I don't know, probably 160 or something. I don't know if it's quite that far, but not a tremendous amount to make a huge adjustment, but it is muzzleloader. So mm-hmm. uh, end up finally getting him to never really give me a full broadside shot, but he kind of quarters away and kind of looks with his head and, and gives me a pretty pretty good shot, a shot that ended up putting him down. So, uh, yeah, it, it was pretty surreal, but I ended up getting the shot and, and dropping that antelope where he stood. So that was uh, pretty stinking cool. And the other thing, again, just not exposed to antelope a lot, the sounds those things make. So oh. so after that happened, those does and the font, the like a whistly, weird, nasally, nasally sound is just kind of unique too. So I don't know if you guys have ever heard that. I have not, but I haven't uh-huh. hunted a ton of antelope. Yeah, they, they make a weird, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's a weird sound. But uh, So anyway, they start making their little alarm sounds or whatnot. So that was cool to hear. And uh, yeah, I gather my things and, and run up there and it's a nice, uh, score wise, I couldn't even tell you. I wouldn't say he's out of the, two bucks i shot he's probably the smaller of the two but he had the cool width that was that was pretty stinking sweet on nebraska public public land and for a big game animal that's the first thing i've ever harvested on on nebraska public land so that was uh that was pretty cool so sounds cool that whole morning that probably ended up happening about three o'clock in the afternoon or something and i was sipping on my water the whole time and why i did this when i filled my uh, water bladder in my pack the night before i had my whole pack loaded so i you know dumped until it was full well obviously it was compressed because i had my pack Mm -hmm. full of junk so i didn't get an adequate amount of water in my pack so right after i shot that thing i took my last swig of water then that was all i had and i'm at that time i think if i mapped it out it was about three and a half miles back so I take my last swig and just kind of do the, you know, I, I got to get this done. So start. And this is September. Yeah. This was third. No. Yeah. About the third week in September, second to last week. If that lines up. Typically about pretty, pretty warm. It was toasty. I was in a t-shirt. So yeah. yeah uh, it was pretty toasty. So on that hillside, I, I got everything taken care of. Got four quarters. Uh, didn't opt out to take the hides. I did a, you know, skull mount on this antelope. So it just had. Uh, the head and four quarters. Tenderloins. Tenderloins. They're only that. about that big. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they were good. Yeah. But anyway, I loaded it one trip. I'm like three and a half miles. I'm not coming back. I'm doing this all. So yeah, strap that pack on. And it was, it took, took a while to even get that thing up. And that was the first, the first experience I've had with that. The Wyoming antelope that I shot, I did two trips. It was about a mile. So it was fairly easy back and forth. This one, I did it all. And I, Ryan, you can attest, you're the, the workhorse over here because, man, that about done me in. So anyway, I get it on my back and start hiking the three and a half miles back out. And it wasn't as much as it was like up and down hard. I did have to cross that creek again, but that ended up being okay. It was just distance. Uh, and I went pretty slow, so it took time. The grass was pretty tall. So walking through that taller grass was tough. Uh, but yeah, I get back. Finally, no water, and I mean you can imagine how th- dead. you can imagine how thirsty I was, and I had my little grill in my truck, 
and I wanted a cheeseburger, oh. and I brought that. So I grill up a cheeseburger to fuel me back up, and I take one bite and try to swallow that thing, and it's like pins and needles down my throat. And you drink water by this point, though. You got back yeah. To the I mean, I was I was chugging, but I just you know the damage was done for for then anyway. So yeah, I, I took that one bite, pins and needles, and chuck that burger out for the coyotes because it was not happening so yeah just ended up having a having a water supper that evening but which was probably much needed uh but looking back and even at the time like yeah okay it sucked but man i was high on the mountain right then like that was awesome success so uh, yeah that was pretty cool but long story but ended up you know just you guys can all attest to this just the I don't know. I wouldn't say the pain was what made it awesome, but yeah. it was the uh, adventure. It yeah, was the, the adventure, That's the newness, the unknown, the experience. Yeah, and you can't tell that story without smiling. We can't listen without a big smile on our face. I'm sure the rest of you know everybody else out there in podcast land can hear how 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 much that experience was was awesome and impactful and fun. And there's a, a few things that jump out at me that that yeah that make it awesome. One of the things that I've been, since you've been telling that story, that I've been replaying in my head is I've done this before on, on animals, but I've never done it and then gone and killed it, but done it in a spotting scope, probably more than binos, but where you're glassing for something and you see something out of focus and you pull that wheel in and then that out of focus object becomes razor sharp, clear. And then when you hit, yo, God, look at that. <laughs> and to, to go from, you know, okay, all right, stay calm. It's day one. That's just an antelope. That's just an antelope to, hey, okay, yeah, game changer. We're going to kill that sucker. That feeling when you pulled that wheel back on your binoculars and that, that soft image became razor sharp, had to just, that feeling is the one that we all chase, I think. it's That feeling is probably, at least for me, more enjoyable than actually going and killing the animal. That feeling of, oh, that's, I that's j- the first yeah. bit of excitement. Oh, I that. mean, yeah, you're excited when you first sit down and you start looking through the glass. But when you find something, that's the first real yeah. bit of excitement. And then for, okay, I found it. And then to have the, nah, it's just another antelope. And then wait a minute. And then you pull that focus in. And then your heart rate's beating up through the roof now. And you start strategizing. He's going this way. And where's the wind at? And there's a hill over there. And like, to me, that of all the things that, like jump out at me at that story that that make it as awesome as it was that right there i i know that emotion and that feeling and that excitement i can't wait to have it again yeah i this was a in inline muzzleloader or a newer inline yeah yeah and a, that i think year. a two and a half to ten scope on it with the bdc oh if I yeah remember right yep yeah it's you're a, right it's a great combination for a, an inline muzzle let's loader. talk about that rifle specifically because if you're hunting the planes you need this rifle right here. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it, it's just, uh, I don't know if you'd say run of the mill. Not really, but it's just, you know, anybody can go and buy. I just, I got online and ordered up a. Well, it's, it was the CVA planes. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah the, yeah. yeah, the planes rifle. So yeah. once I saw that, I need that. Yeah. Got to have it. And but, put, put a good scope on there. Good yeah, scope. Great yeah. scope. It, it's awesome, man. I, I really enjoy the thing. I remember Hound and Ryan at the time. I ended up, uh, I took that antelope with a 250 sst i believe cream of the crop for many years well i wanted the dang board driver that was when board driver was in development yeah, and you just uh, didn't quite have any ready at that well yeah. regardless i know you shot some and they were touching i oh, mean you had a yeah. three shot sub minute group with board driver ftx from a 
four hundred dollar right outside. Uh, yeah, out, that was even outside. So that was that was uh, yeah, pretty sweet. Those and with your shooting too. <laughs> well, that is saying a lot. <laughs> no, I yeah. So yeah, I I didn't get to scratch the board driver itch on that antelope, but actually later that year, throw another little whitetail thing out. I did harvest a whitetail buck the last day of the season in December. Last light, New Year's Eve last buck. light, yeah, New Year's Eve buck with the board driver. So I got that itch scratched. Yeah, that was so, a cool story. Again, this is you know kind of the antelope extravaganza here, but yeah, that was the last day of the season with that rifle that you got that year. Just took it out on the antelope hunt. Then you get December thirty first. Sun's going down, and you shot a dandy buck with the board driver. Yeah. So that's that's a good year for to be a muzzleloader. That was my year. Yeah, that was all muzzleloader that year. I wasn't able to to have any luck with the bow, and I didn't have any luck with the rifle. But muzzleloader was the was the ticket that year. So that's I'd take it over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you guys drew the tag for the same unit that Judd had all that success in, and I want to hear from you guys. Uh, what are your not expectations? to sound, you know, in a pretentious way, but what are you guys going out there to look for? Uh, maybe what, what's some strategy knowing what you know from Judd's hunt and experience? Are you looking for a certain size, shape, character, score? What do you, what are you guys after out there? I, uh, I'm not picky at all. So <laughs> I've only killed one of their antelope bucks. So my baseline is as long as it seems bigger than that one, it's, it's the time. So, and it, it's not, I think I scored it's like 62. It's it's a buck. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's just an animal. Yeah. It's just, well, isn't that... Having that mindset is tough for me. I'm going to be like, oh, there's buck. We're <laughs> we're going after that one. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I did last year in Wyoming. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm on Judd's team, though, with, with antelope. Or they really don't turn my crank, but every once in a while, when I, I'll see, I was hunting in Wyoming with my dad for mule deer, and we come across some antelope that I was just like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm not an you know, big into scoring antelope, but holy cow. Uh, so right. you, when you see them, even regardless of the score, like Judd's buck, you see them, they got the character to, yeah, that, yeah. so it sounds like you're, but you're it looking. is, it is, it's Nebraska. It's not Wyoming. The, mule, the antelope population is a fraction of, but there's still plenty of them out there. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to say we're going after the shoot the first one we see, but you know, I'll just play it by ear when you get there. Expect okay. because of the tag, because of when we plan to go out there, I've, anticipate little pressure because the number i think there's only 20 25 tags, tags and you guys got two of them so, so yeah. hey that narrows it down <laughs> only 23 other guys can go on that yeah. hunt so yeah so yeah we we plan on going out together i could have drawn this last year i think i had an 88 percent chance of drawing this last year but i just bought a point fall. yeah it was a busy fall i got the other antelope in wyoming listen to that episode can't tell you what number but we talked pre-game we talked post-game on yeah, the antelope that was yeah the hunt that we drove the entirety of wyoming yes and uh had great pizza that we had the the hawaiian pizza lusk wyoming well that was in lusk yeah, yeah that was delightful professionally seasoned by seasoned professionals that was great <laughs> that's stuff. their catchphrase yes yeah yeah, yeah. preston great. slept uh from like <laughs> 6 p.m until i got the pizza and woke up the next day and uh, killed the goat great yeah, experience the only great one hunt. we saw but anyway, yeah, it's not always cracked up what it's supposed to be, but I'm happy to be going out with Ryan. Yeah. I, oh, I, you guys I'm are breaking taking, out. Yeah. I'm taking the camera. Okay. Ryan's going to shoot first and whatever he wants to shoot, we'll get that sucker on film. You're going to take a little R&D project, right? Potentially. Mm, potentially. Potentially. That's, that's the goal. We'll see if we got any stuff yeah. ready. I think I'm going to, I'm going to take this point right now to just veer off real quick and just talk about so, you know, some people 
in and outside of our company, you know, like get kind of weird when we're talking about R&D projects and stuff. And like reality is we are a bullet and ammunition and other cool stuff manufacturer. And we have a team of people that are passionate users of this stuff. And we're always trying to build cooler stuff, better stuff that does better things. And yeah, we're going to have to do some R&D with those things. And you happen to be the guy to do it. So this is great, great opportunity. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, color me shocked. But yes, we have an R&D department, the team, and we are always working on new stuff when we're using new stuff. So I I just think that's awesome. So sorry to jump in there. No, that's right. You're going to run an inline, I'm sure. With some yep. Blackhorn 209, I'm guessing. Yeah. Entry-level inline muzzleloader. Yeah, I mean, it's it's budget model. But, hey, it shoots fine. shoots board drivers pretty darn good. So Yeah, and you'll have that to fall back on if you're not ready with the other stuff. Yep. Mine will be a little bit different. A little bit different muzzleloader for Preston Lentford. So, yeah, I, I've got a smokeless muzzleloader, which I absolutely love. Um, I don't know if we're big on plugs or whatever, but Luke at Arrowhead um, made this uh, remage system yep. for his he does a savage barrel nut as well but i literally have an action he sent me a barrel and a breech plug and a nut and i screwed that sucker on and head spaced it with his gauges and it hammers yeah it absolutely the hammers. that he supplied hopefully i'll have an r&d project his is more likely to happen than mine yeah um but it hammers high bc muzzleloader bullets at 2650 yeah, and so it's in three hundred eight. It's in a long range hunting style HS, HS precision, precision stock, stock. Yep. a Remington seven hundred with a good scope with a good turret. Uh, those smokeless muzzle loaders, yeah, pound sign not sponsored, but uh, <laughs> Luke at Arrowhead just makes tremendous stuff. And you know, not every state is given the blessing to smokeless right. muzzle loaders, and totally understandable. Uh, Nebraska is one of them that gives you the go ahead. So uh, yeah, go ahead. Here we go. Legal, yeah. legal. Might as well. Yep. Yep. Preston, now is there a antelope that you're particularly after, or are you just a, a character hunter too? I Good will experience? have the opportunity to film Ryan first and see what's out there, and at no, that point, I didn't even know that. Okay. Whatever turns my <laughs> crank, that's what that's gonna that's what's gonna happen. So here's the twist I'm gonna bring on your guys's other hunts that we'll get into a little later. What's first? Is the Nebraska Nebraska's first? Oh, Nebraska's first. I, I will be you. on a different trip. Oh, pre Nebraska. So, so oh, was that? Will that affect that your? That will definitely affect my uh, decision making. Yeah, right? my decision on what I'm actually how picky I'm going to be here in Nebraska. At the end yeah, of the day, I'm effect. not going to be extremely picky. That meat is the best meat that I yeah. can harvest. Yeah, yeah, from a really wild is. animal. So, yeah, I'll add. It depends on what kind of shot I can get, where it's at, the approach, the situation. I mean, if I get a give me hundred yard shot. It's going to be hard to turn that down. What yeah. if it's a stud antelope at 500 and I hand you my gun and then I'll uh, use yours later on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll play that by we'll ear. We'll play that by ear. <laughs> no, but it'll, it'll be fun. I've got some waypoints from Judd. I'm sure Ryan is an e-scouting son of a gun and, and we'll get it figured yeah. out. Yeah, well, yeah. And, and Nebraska obviously being primarily privately owned, um, you know, the, the days of knocking on the door and get permission to go hunt, you know, they're not gone forever, but uh, for elk and deer people have really tightened up to pretty much that's well i would say non-existent the antelope don't have the best reputation for a for a mm-hmm. crop farmer so uh the the landowners out there are generally 
at least from what I've heard, because I haven't been out there to do it. From what I hear, though, they're a little bit more open to people hunting antelope just because they uh, they get a huge number of herd or a huge number on their ag fields, and and they do damage, and they're 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 a problem. Um, so they're a little bit more open to that. So you got options out there because yeah, you know we don't have a ton of public land, but there, this unit is I I wouldn't call it small, but there is a quite a bit of public on it. We're very yeah. lucky on this one. Excellent. And it sounds like, much like Judd, uh, you guys are out there for character, out there to have a good time, to enjoy the experience. And more than anything, I think that's why I continue to like antelope hunting more and more is it's just the experience. It's if you, if you put a stock on one and you blow it, well, you just turn around and go find some more and go do it again. Cause they're uh, a little bit easier to find and our standards maybe aren't as high as if we were hunting, you know, deer or elk. Maybe just as excited to get back to the truck and, and boil a freeze-dried meal and eat it. Yeah. That's or exciting. I don't, I don't do that very often. Ryan can shoot one, cook up a backstrap right there on the truck. You guys aren't taking cheeseburgers? Yeah. <laughs> not after, yeah, they're, just, they're not going to go out there and feed the coyotes. <laughs> Make sure we have water. That's yeah, that's the water. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Whoops. So that's the Nebraska hunt. That's a September uh, season mm. for you guys. So we're going to jump to Ryan here because Ryan, you told Judd, you've got one before that. So you got a pretty unique opportunity. You and a, and a few other friends here that are also mechanical engineers at Hornady come together and you guys are going out of state on, on just a boy's trip chasing antelope. Uh, and this one will be in the great state of Utah. Yeah. And, uh, that will be a pretty cool experience. How many of you yeah. guys are going? I I don't even know for sure. I think four or five of us, four or five, six, something like that. That's, that's, that's it'll be a good time. Just anytime you can go to Utah, I mean, especially if you guys drive, uh, you get to, you get to drive through the boring parts of Nebraska when it's dark. Look at then you all get the to, antelope in Wyoming. You get to go to the cool parts of Nebraska when the sun comes up and then you get to drive across Wyoming, which is so desolate, so few of people, so many antelope right off the interstate. It's just great. Great stuff. Yeah. I've never even been to Utah, period. So okay. Wow. Especially in that area where we're going. I'm excited just to see the landscape. Yeah. That'll be a, a rifle hunt, center fire hunt. Yep. Cool. Center fire rifle. Yes, sir. What are you taking for a center fire rifle? Six five Creedmoor. Hey, that'll yeah, do. That's Let, my go to let's uh take a, a quick Meep. over to that rifle. And we've talked about it in another podcast, but you put together I mean the icon in my mind, like the iconic lightweight kind of do all for deer and antelope rifle. What do you got for a rifle? It's a big horn action, <laughs> short action. Zermatt, rather. Zermatt Arms. Yes. SR3. Okay. Uh, proof carbon fiber, carbon fiber prefit, 20 inch. 20 incher. And uh, IOTA Echo carbon, carbon fiber, fiber stock. Beautiful. Run, running big like glass on it. Seven there. pounds. What yeah. are you running for? The Razor. Got, yeah. AMG, AMG. Razor. AMG. Which, it's, it's heavy. Well, no, thirty ounce, twenty eight ounces, twenty. Yeah, it's not, it's 30. not terrible. Thirty, but anyway, whatever. It's under two pounds, so you're sub nine pounds scoped up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I just love that rifle. Short, wow. compact, super capable. Running the one forty three, forty threes factory ammo, precision hunter. Yep, that's great combo. That'll be a good trip. Now this one is on a private ranch. Uh, so are your expectations on size or anything, is that change up a little bit because it's more of a casual hunt? Yeah, expectations are a little different based on other guys' experience out there. I mean, other guys in, at 
Hornady, obviously been there. So the the possibilities are a lot higher there, I, I feel. Oh, okay. So I feel like it's prudent to be a little more picky. Yep. Understood. So I probably will be, yeah. Makes sense. Now. What's going to take to get you to mount an antelope that you kill this year? Yeah, shoulder mount. What, well, yeah, what would that have take? Thought, have you put any thought to that? No. I've never shoulder mounted anything, so. Oh, okay. It'll be a big deal for the first one. Yeah. Well, what better than know. a big stud antelope? Yeah. And the score, like, score to me is not, I mean, it's whatever. Measure it so I know, and okay, I can base that for future reference, but depends what the situation's like, and if it's a really cool buck, then yeah. Why not? Why not get a mount? It's a good point. I, I didn't. I didn't think about that. I was going to ask Judd, but you said you've got. You did the Euro mount on that Nebraska yeah. buck, but you do got one mounted in the office. I do have a uh, couple years prior to that. I did my first out of state hunt, public land hunt, went to Wyoming, and uh, at that time, I don't know if there's any of these units left, so it tells you, I guess, how long yeah. it's been. But it was a over the counter leftover tag for antelope. I bought and went, so kind of on a whim. I've been to that unit hunting deer and looked up antelope, and it's not a no-point yeah, unit now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if there are any, but anyway, that's beside the point. But yeah, I, I went out there and did same thing, solo, Love uh, it. a handful a day trip. And if we want to get into a little bit of strategy, I don't know accidentally, but I kind of just, I hoped it would work this way, and luckily it did. I went out there a couple of days prior to the season opener and scouted around and, and, uh, tried to figure the place out. And I actually went out two times that summer. That was a big deal. And it still is. I mean, that was my first out of state hunt. So, you know, it just made, uh, it was even more rewarding when I went out there, did some scouting, uh, just got the lay of the land. I, I went out there enough through a handful of times that, you know, I didn't need the maps to navigate yeah. or whatnot. Well, you I felt just, prepared. Yeah, it was, a good it feeling. was cool. So anyway, chased them around. Prior to season opener, I, I found this chunk of public that I liked and kind of spent the whole afternoon out there just sitting up high, watching a bunch of antelope. There were some on public way back, but what I was really watching on a private hayfield right beside me there was a whole crew of, of antelope out there and I, I just had a feeling like one of those suckers has to come off on the public so i kind of just camped there all afternoon day before season and about right at last light a doe led a buck right under the fence on the public uh and they ended up coming fairly close to me right below i was up pretty high and uh, they were right below me and i waited for it to get dark watched them bed down did my best to kind of mark where they were in hopes that you know antelope don't i don't know a whole lot about them but at, at the time and maybe that's this is true they don't move a whole lot in in the dark so with that hope in mind i skirted clear around them and i should have said this to you just like anywhere holy cow the traffic that evening of just hunters rolling in and driving by and there's a crew that set up next to me which ended up being quite a bit of fun just swapping stories and having some company uh, we camped together. So anyway, I put those antelope to bed with hopes that they're going to be right there in the morning, go back to my tent, get some shut eye. And, you know, I, I was go, go hard. You know, I'm getting up early. I'm getting out there. Going to be the first one there. I hear a vehicle pull up to our parking lot at like two 30 in the morning. And I hear the door slam and footsteps. He's headed out. And I look at my watch when I'm laying in my tent and like, 
No way, man. You, you can have it. No way. I, I'm, I'm not doing that. And I lay there for like five or ten minutes. And then I'm just like, why not? Why Why am I not going? If If somebody else is going, why am I not going? So I load up at like, at that time, by the time I get loaded up, it's about three in the morning, which I don't remember exactly when sunrise was, but it was a good roughly four hours prior to <laughs> sunrise. So I load up and go out there and where I had them marked, there was kind of a ridge of the last ridge in between me and them. So I just laid on the backside of that ridge and I, I took my pack off and kind of laid it up to lay down. I don't think I ever fell asleep, but just kind of laid there and hung out. Uh, for the rest of that morning until first light when when shooting light hit actual time i creeped over the ridge and it was overcast so i couldn't see a stinking thing and at that time you know there was headlights and rigs i could see headlamps heading in i saw one guy walk past me not too far and walk pretty dang close to right where those antelope were so i thought they were busted out but it took about 15, 20 minutes so you could actually see with that thick overcast. And there was that there antelope, that buck and that doe sitting right where I left them. So I had about a, a 20 minute hunt that morning, if, if you count legal light. But up early getting out there was kind of the, the, the ticket, I guess. You know, every now and then I'd do my little headlamp shine so like somebody'd see, like, oh, there's somebody over there. So go around. So had I not, Got up and, you know, who knows if I wouldn't yeah. have got up early, they some could have been somebody else there, could have been busted off, you know, who knows. So the whole pre-opening day, putting them to bed and finding them the next morning worked out. So that was, that was pretty cool. Sounds yeah. like opening day on early teal season out of my favorite marsh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Guys are just sleeping in the parking lot. It's a good reason to, to mount that antelope though, because it's, yeah. again, it's not just he scored pretty good. It's the whole experience. Yeah. It was your first out-of-state hunt, your first western or uh, first antelope hunt, and then, yeah, to 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 put in that much effort and the multiple trips and all that stuff, that's just cool. And to, to go on your point, you said at the start of this podcast because I was not prepared to tell that story, and now it's just got me smiling. I don't, it was just it was a good time. Yeah, it was what it's it was cool all about. So that's uh, we talked about two of the three tags. Now the third tag here is Preston has the creme de la creme of antelope hunts. Wyoming. I mean, it's not yeah, the best unit in the Wyoming, unit, but, it's, but it's, it's a dang good one. Well, I saw a lot of good antelope out there. We were out there this this summer yeah. hunting prairie dogs. We were out there this summer laying waste to prairie dogs. Uh, this place is just next level for, for prairie dogs, and we had a great time, had a good group of riders out there, and saw some goats. Yeah, I, th- I think the hunt will actually take place on a different ranch, but my goodness, well, and the, we're in the, the same. antelope were everywhere out yeah, there. Yeah, you're in the same universe. And, and a good group of folks that we're going to be hunting with it that's just it's going to be absolutely phenomenal yeah that's that's Looking pretty awesome. real real forward to it yep. so i don't know i'm i'm gonna be slightly picky i think i think you can be picky judd you've been out there you can be pretty picky yeah, <laughs> i was i was gonna say though when i went out there for a, a calling call coyotes in January, February-ish time frame. We didn't end up having any luck, but it was just cool. Spent spent the whole day out there with, with those guys and uh, the guys you're hunting with, as you know, like you said, there's some some awesome guys. Oh, so the, I, the family that we're I with is just... I enjoyed that time. That, that was worth it right there. The hunting was just something we were doing to pass the time, but just spending time with those guys, that was, uh, that yeah. was cool. 
Yeah, that's that's going to be great. So yeah. uh, we're saying you can be picky and not to throw a number on there. Like that's that's you know what you have to do. But you're you're legitimately looking for a seventy plus inch goat for yeah. for. And I think that's what they said. You could probably expect. Yeah, which, which is cool. Which is really tough because to me, you could say, all right, shoot. You know, if there's six antelope out there, shoot the seventy incher. At, yeah, I don't know what that means. Which one's that? Yeah, this is like I can't, I can't field judge them, and I'm horrible at field judging deer. The only time I'm good at like field judging deer is when I take phone scope footage, and then I go calm down for four weeks, and then I review the footage, and I can go, okay, yeah, honestly, I think that's a legit 135, 40 inch deer, or whatever. So with an antelope, I really don't have anything to gauge it off of. Are you guys any good at that? No, no. it depends how much time I have. <laughs> I mean, if I'm looking at something and I'm not adrenaline rushing, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I'm decent at it. But so deer, what are we that looking deer for? I shot last year, I thought was a five and a half year old deer and it turned out to be three and a half. We're I, looking for what, so. mass and cutter height and cutter length, right? Obviously length of the horn. Curl. You're, you're the expert on this. I think you're, we got a little out divide of of here at the table because I think these guys over here are... Boom! <laughs> you guys are killers. Yeah, taste of blood. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just haven't done enough. I yeah, don't know. I just, well, that's when I see one and my, my blood's boiling, that's yeah. the one right well, there. Well, and I, that, that's exactly the point when you saw that, you pulled that wheel of the binoculars into focus, there was no question about yeah. it. And that's, for antelope, no questions asked. That's, that's how I am. I'm not. Yeah. Because I wouldn't know to shoot. Yeah what number it is i don't know but again i haven't shot a lot of antelope most of my antelope hunting experience is archery and on nebraska public ground so that is not easy getting in range so in that case it's it's an antelope and it has it's a buck legal buck or hey we can get range we're we're trying to kill that buck so that just rolls over to everything from yeah and i haven't been on that many antelope hunts so maybe in the future i'll change that mindset but for now Oh, I'm excited for, for everybody's season and to go back to Preston's hunt specifically that's in Wyoming there. The family that we're going to be with, like we mentioned, is just fantastic. And it's really nice because every single one of us is a young man. All but one of us have small children. And when you can get home in six, seven, eight hours, and that just that makes it a little bit nicer. You know, the 14-hour drive to Utah, a little harder to stomach sometimes than getting over to wyoming and i we are so lucky as nebraskans that that's our neighbor to the west because yeah. a lot of opportunity there really cool don't forget to buy your points if you're into that yeah or do well, i don't care <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> right. so that's what we're looking at for for the 2022 antelope season i mean we've got a lot of tags a lot of opportunity uh i want to circle back to not individual hunts but judd's got some great experiences i've hunted out for antelope you guys all have from a strategy and gear standpoint, Judd brought up strategy. We need to go back and talk more about that. Like from the the strategy standpoint and the the gear standpoint, is there any difference from your guys? You know, Ryan's a, a very technical guy and he's very meticulous in his gear and his prep and his pack system. Like, what are you guys doing for strategy and gear that you think will will lend you to success this season? I'll go first. Mine's probably boringer than more boring than yours. I'm guessing. Hit us first. Before you take it out, but let's put a disclaimer out there. Like as we talk through this, we all have few antelope to to claim. So 
we're we're open for learning. So if if there's input, give it to us. Comment or or yeah, you know, get at a hold the table, of us. I think we've collectively shot six antelope. Yeah, I've maybe seven. One, two, two, three, one. I've got four. Three. Okay, so yeah. we shot seven. So, so by by no means experts. But no. <laughs> no. Well, and quite the opposite, but that's good, and I'm I'm glad Judd brought that up because not only do I want people to comment about strategy and gear, comment some field tips for getting uh, a de- you know kind of a rough antelope score when you're behind the glass. Yeah, I'd I'd read through some comments on that. It'd be helpful, and I'm sure there's plenty of information out there. I just haven't gone and searched for it. But right. if if you know some tricks. Drop them down in there. Heck yeah. Anyway, I'm going to have a pack that's capable of carrying meat once it, quartered. The entire antelope. The entire antelope. I've done it before with a $25 Menards bag. Yeah. I don't want to do that ever again, but I have a much better pack now. There's going to be four 16-ounce waters in there, a Havilon knife, uh, some game bags. Uh, trail late. mix. You're a trail mix guy. you got to have trail mix in there. Yeah, it depends on the situation. I've hunted with you. For a half of a decade, Preston, you got trail mix in there. I I like your, mountain mix your, from Walmart. Uh, yep, <laughs> from anywhere. But peanuts, sunflower seeds are great in there too. Raisins, M and M's. Yeah. Anyway, that depends on the situation. Because when we went out last year, I had literally had water, game bags, and a knife mm-hmm. on my chest. I had laser laser range finding binoculars, a gun, and a tripod. Getting it done. That's son. it. That was great. So. For me, if if I'm going back to the truck every day, I might, depending on how far I you know we anticipate going, I might add a few yeah. snacks, maybe another bottle of water, maybe fill up the actual actual so, bladder in in the pack. Uh, but that's about it. I want to get your guys's a, a, opinion on this here. I'm going to throw it right out there at you. Now we are on this side of the table, dyed in the wool, laser range finding binoculars. Got to have no questions asked. Now. <laughs> Where I'm going with this, though, is I somewhat recently, within the last two seasons, started hunting with a spotting scope, like pretty much at all times, because I found myself like, gosh, that animal's 1,400 yards away. And the difference between me going over there or me not, you know, I need to know if it's worth my time. Now, with antelope, we just all got done saying we really don't know what we're after. We're just looking for something really cool that gets us excited. You taking a spotting scope. I, I should have mentioned that. Yes, I have I have a spotting scope. My pack has got a perfect little pocket for it. Mm, perfect. I've got pocket. the Razor 60, 65 millimeter, whatever it is. Yeah, the middle one, the 20 the, yeah. to 48 or something. The Yeah, not the giant one, not the small one. I think it's a perfect hunting spotting scope. That'll be along with me as well. Yep, and always taking the tripod like you mentioned. Carbon fiber, I don't even think it's a name brand. It weighs probably three pounds. Okay, carbon so, fiber. And mm-hmm. I could stand off of it and shoot glass from it and shoot yeah. from it all right so that's more of a gear but from a strategy gear standpoint let's get it on the other side of the table what are you guys doing so i'm probably not going to be much different than any any other hunt for me i try to i'm mainly a whitetail guy but i consider myself unique in the gear aspect for whitetail because i try to set myself up to be able to kill a, a deer or an antelope wherever and be able to carry that whole thing out in one trip so maybe I'm a little overprepared most times, but so I'll have a pack. Like you mentioned, I can carry out a, a whole animal, quartered, game bags, or maybe even just pillowcases. We'll see. If I actually <laughs> order real 
game bags this year. Bill we got Gates a sportsman's warehouse over in sportsman's, town yeah. that has quartering bags, which yeah. is new for us here in the central Nebraska part. So yeah. there's no reason anyway, not to have it's wild. Uh, yeah, spotting scope, tripod, small med kit, water, some snacks, binos, rangefinder. Not laser rangefinding binos. I'll have mm-hmm. the handheld. Mostly because I haven't made that jump, made that leap into the oh. up to the laser binos yet. On our hunt, I'll get a range for you. Don't worry. Oh, thanks. You bet. Hey, and that's even more reason I don't, I don't need to worry about it because you'll hey, be my ranging guy. Uh, this go. just just hit me. Uh, this just in. This just in. News eleven. Ryan also went on a death hike and ran out of water. You have uh, done yeah. that. Yeah, we talked about this yep. probably on this podcast last year. I think when uh, we probably, talked, yeah, well, yeah, you get you and a fellow engineer bombed out there like eleven miles in and ran out of water on your way back carrying out a deer. Yeah, was, yeah. Probably advice from novice hunter: take more water than you need. Yep. If you need to lose weight, drink it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, so yeah. also taking a spotting scope. You've, yep. you've kind of made that move, and when you're hunting antelope, Judd's you know, first Nebraska story that he shared with us is a great example of why to take a spotting scope is even when you're hunting, you know, public land, in Nebraska, where, you know, there's a lot of competition out there, you're likely to see lots of game at varying ranges. And this way, if you are trying to be more discerning, you can just throw the spotter in the tripod, see him, know it, move on with your life. And now you're not wondering if, did I make the right move? Now you can, you can know with a little bit or more. conserve your energy, say. That's not something I want to go yeah, after. Absolutely. And you can get your cool video on yeah. your phone scope too. So yeah, that's Instagram. That's Watch cool out. to have later. <laughs> it's cool to bring back to work. You know, just like oh, conversation yeah. we're having here. I enjoy that the most. Like, hey, check this out. You know, showing everybody at work. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's that's true. Speaking of that, I need to we're gonna have to watch that. Video your Nebraska hunt. Now that he's told that story again, I don't need to see that. Oh, yeah. that well, shot. he'll need to edit video. it, and uh, you guys need to put in cool. the comments, Judd, so cool. please edit your antelope hunt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah put it's it feature film. Yeah, make a film out of it. it yeah, it's it's pretty rough. It'd be a rough cut, but <laughs> the the hunt is there. It would be probably the most interesting thing. But No, but even if nobody else ever watched it or ever cared, you, you can just know. click on it. You would know, and you would care, and you would watch, watch it, and you'd smile, thing. and you'd be yeah. able to show, you know, your friends, and yeah. you know, one day maybe your kids or something, and they think that would be cool. That's I know. True. Uh, so, from a strategy standpoint, are you guys going to go out at all preseason, or you guys have both been out there before? So you've been out. Know. I got experience in that area. Okay, several I've never years been worth. So that particular spot, I've been close to there. Yeah, I think we'll wing it. Yeah, hey, we'll you know what? It. I'm a big fan of that. I do a lot of that in my professional and non-professional <laughs> career and it's tended to work out okay it's far enough uh, away the fall is busy enough between now and then yeah. and yeah yeah gas right. isn't cheap so no. so judd real quick now you mentioned some of your uh strategy you know to get out there especially when you're out of state and you've, you've never been to that universe before so you got out there a couple times before season in wyoming um from a strategy standpoint do you still find yourself doing that trying to just physically get out there and just see it just so you get comfortable with it. Yeah, I, I'm huge onto that, and it's almost more for just the experience. It just yeah. builds up more suspense. You enjoy. There's a little more to it. Uh, I could relate that to Nebraska elk. You know, for residents, that's a once in a lifetime tag. I haven't done it in recent years, but I've ran some trail cameras out west, uh, northwest part of the state. It got pictures of elk or whatnot, just to add to it. You know, when yeah. you draw that tag, you've got 
a little more, if. a little more into it. Well, yeah, if hopefully <laughs> yeah. someday. Yeah, that's uh, true. But yeah, I don't know strategy. I mean, it's I, I'm still learning, just like anybody. That like I told the story about putting that antelope to bed. Whether that happens every time, I don't know, but it worked out. Worked for you that time. Yeah. I will say though, as we were talking uh, on the gear, the thing that I changed from my first Wyoming antelope hunt to the Nebraska one was the pant I was wearing. When I went out first in Wyoming, I had a merino, you know, majority merino pant because, you know, it's Wyoming. It's super hot. It's, uh, at that time, I guess it was late September, early October. But anyway, I was, you know, ready for all this heat. So I wanted the lightest pant I could have. I don't even know how because I really wasn't in too rugged a terrain, but those pants got shredded. Mm. So like looked like Tarzan. By yeah, the they end were of it. Ba- they were they were <laughs> stitched and everything after that, and, and I enjoyed the pant because they were cool, lightweight. But for whatever reason, just even the knees from crawling, they were they were torn up, used and, and not abused. cheap pants. No, they <laughs> were not. So going to the Nebraska hunt here a couple of years ago, I I uh, there's a little give and take. I went to a heavier pant, you know, not super heavy, not insulated by any means, but a heavier pant just to have a little bit more uh, durability, and I super enjoyed those. The one thing I'd say on the next one I do, or some advice for you guys, this this pant that I'm wearing now has removable knee pads. And the cactus. I'm, well, I'm not a huge fan of like having them in all the time. Like They're just kind of weird when you walk, yeah. but I'm going to have those things in my pack somehow. So like, okay, it's go time. And, you know, if you don't have to pull up and get something done, if you mm-hmm. have a little move to make to get into position, I'm pulling those out and putting those in. Cause, the cactus, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have some. They live in my pants forever. They're awesome for, like, NRL hunter stuff. Oh, yeah. Shooting where you're, on the, you're on the clock, and, like, sometimes you just don't think. And so you're doing things Rock. with your body that maybe you shouldn't, and the knee pads are fantastic. Yeah. I think uh, on the pants. I used to make fun of folks. In yeah. It, but yeah. No. no. Well, and I think. The first antelope, the only only antelope that I killed, I laid my gun down. As I was squatting, I took a range, 389 yards, and then I dove into the gun because they were, you know, they were had been moving and they weren't super interested in staying around. So I was trying to move quick and I dove into cactus yep. and it was like, man, regret that decision. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that stuff goes home with you. You can pull out the needles, but like. Yeah, that that hurts, and your body's got to push out that stuff over the next couple of weeks. We we mm-hmm. did that hunt wrong. We we did. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Yeah, for yeah. anybody listening, and you've got a tag where you wake up. We went out there the night before, or we went out there in the dark. Set up a tent. Set up a tent. PM. Walked out of the tent while it was light and just looked at antelope antelope all around us. <laughs> When that happens, maybe take your time and be picky. But we yeah. shot the we first shot two bucks that we saw. Well, no, because the way it went down was. I was still in the tent getting dressed. I'm not sure where your brother was. And then you were like, well, there, there's just some antelope over there. <laughs> and they were like, I think 980, yeah. 84 yards away. But they were in the opposite direction that we were going to go because the, the piece of public that we were on opened up really big uh, to our east. And so we went east instead of west. But we could have went west and pursued those goats. Yeah. But we just didn't. And then, oh, you shot the so first two were, legal bucks we saw. everywhere. Yeah, we should have been more patient. Yeah, we should have. But that's all right. Uh, and the other thing Live and learn. Uh, in the pants world is heat dump. I got you, heat dump pockets. Yeah, yep. I don't. I can't find a pair of pants that fit my unique lower half structure uh, that have zips, but one day I will, and I'm looking forward to it. 
If you own a clothing company and you're watching this and you look at Seth and you have pants that'll fit him, holler. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's a yeah, it's a it's a problem. Uh but uh, nonetheless I'm sure I'll I'll find something. Uh on the gear side of things, you got a big spotter. Are you carrying it? I do. Yep. Yeah. I it's worth well, it. I'm a whitetail guy, so that was kind of the reason I, I got that spotter. My favorite time of year, almost, I wouldn't say as much as hunting, but it's right up there, is now, the, yeah. the velvet season. And just life's busy. I haven't been able to get out yet and do that, but I got plans this weekend. I'm driving, hooking that thing to the mirror, oh, and yeah. I'm, I'm hitting the bean fields, I'm hitting the alfalfa fields. Yeah. So that's why I got the big one, because during that, that season, the velvet season, I want as much Full, light as I can because yeah, I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at last light. So yeah, a lot the big eighty five tucked up against the tree. Yeah, yeah. So I'm cruising with that thing anyway. So that's what I got. So right now that's what I'm packing when yeah. I'm going west. But you're taking too. it, and that's important. Yeah. Uh, on for me personally, this is something that I've done for a long time. Not really talked about it to maybe anybody. I'm sure I've mentioned it to somebody, but sounds like I need to get this information out to you guys. So the way I run my pack is I fill my water bladder full of water and I usually put the hose inside the pack. Sometimes the hose is outside the pack and I do not drink it, period. And I run either a Nalgene old school canteen with some bottles of water. And then if I ever find myself out of water, I've got three liters that I haven't touched. Hmm. And that's, I've done that for a long time. Uh, and it just works that way. You, you know, you always have a, a, a little little reserve if you need it and three liters of water if you're on a pack out is more than sufficient uh, but i don't know take that with you probably yeah use it don't use it yeah up to you but for me that has worked because i've got to the point where i was like oh wow i thought i had another 20 ounce of water in there and i do not then you got the hose and back to drink yep take that for for what it's worth I would say on the antelope side, for from a strategy standpoint, because I'm so naive and new to this, and I'm hunting character bucks, and usually it's just kind of a wing and a prayer type trip. I don't. I'm not getting out a ton early for for scouting. If I can scout, excuse me, if I can hunt a unit, whether or not it's for antelope or not, but or for deer or not, but I'm hunting something else there, then there's you know there's reasons to go back, like that unit in Wyoming. I hunt a deer there. Well, I'm going to hunt antelope there at some point. I know I've seen the land and I like, you know, you get enough people that hunt similar areas, then you can share stories mm -hmm. and stuff. And I feel like there's some almost, it's almost scouting, I guess you'd call it, uh, that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Get to know the place. I, it's also really fun just going someplace new too, in my opinion. It is. Yeah. Completely new. Like, and I, you've never seen this before in your life and you have to hunt and find yeah. game animals there. Yep. And then on my side tripod can't argue against it laser range finding binos and i'm definitely carrying a spotter i don't have the giant one i don't have the little ones kind of right in the middle there and to me got to have them those three items for sure is there anything else that you guys want to talk about this old uh, uh antelope extravaganza for 2022 a lot of opportunity out here i can't wait i mean it's not long i mean it's it's going to be Six, seven weeks it's and it'll early, be. but it's, it's, a, it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming right along. And I know we're recording this on a Friday, Monday morning, we're going to be back to 
getting to work and oh my god i saw this over the weekend look at this picture and like uh, glassing for velvet bucks i am hey that is uh every single morning that i drive to work i just started doing this here recently i take the long way to work uh i kind of jut on some gravel by my house just so that i can look at deer on the way into work judd and i talked about this he knows exactly the road i'm talking about and there's a stretch and they just they're just there and you know i'll stop on the, and there's no traffic on the road and yeah i'll stop and glass on them for a while i'm not looking i haven't seen a buck yet don't really care i just i don't know i'm getting excited about this time of year and and you know the beans are green and all the grass is still green and the deer look as red as judd's shirt right now i mean they look really red they stand out and uh just gets me excited for the fall they, they had, i got my trail camera sd cards wiped organized i need to get batteries and get those trail cameras out i know you guys are doing the same thing yep yeah excited to get out there i haven't haven't done a whole lot yet so behind the eight ball but yeah i also gotta scratch the public land whitetail itch that's yeah. something i gotta get done too. well and you guys i say you guys cross the table ryan and judd you guys have put in some time to a very particular spot that I don't know how you just ended up there, and it turns out like, man, that's a pretty cool spot. I guess I'll invest some effort into that one. Yeah, it's just cool. Uh, there's there's other spots too, I would assume, but I don't. As we were talking about, you know, going out to a new spot for the first time, what hit me right when he said that was like, after you do that, that place is special. So that's kind of the same place, uh, the the public spot that we're messing around on. It's like. Maybe there's a better spot out there, but this one seems pretty good, and it's when well, you saw good bucks out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that helps. But it, it kind of just became the spot now, so we'll see. Hopefully, it uh, you got a personal vendetta against it. Yeah, maybe that is not not a vendetta. Not a vendetta. Yeah. yeah, it's more of like an a, attachment. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like anything, you know. If if you invested a chunk of time into it, it's like at some point you got to see your return or cut bait. So. I struggled with that with one public spot that you guys know I hunted a lot for a lot of years and had some issues there, but mm-hmm. it was that I kept constantly going back there because I felt like I knew it so so well, and I'm like, man, it's got to happen for me there because I've seen so many good bucks and had so many close encounters, but it just never feel a deal. Like after a while, it's like, man, the pressure was just too much, but it was that connection with that spot yeah. that just kept pulling me back there. Yeah, oh, and it wasn't three hours from home which is right. helpful too you know and you can get to it pretty close awesome well i i can't wait to get to work monday morning and hear judd what you spotted uh or to hear you know some other stories or oh, i found this different piece or i got this gun dialed in or i'm gonna you know hand load this bullet or whatever i just love talking hunting and it is it is upon us and like you mentioned at the beginning there preston i feel like the this emotion came earlier than it did last year yeah. And I'm okay with it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's what well, drives the business. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Guys, if if uh uh if if nothing else, I really appreciate the conversation because it, it just made me that much more excited. And you guys are gonna have a great fall. I, I know what you guys got in the works outside of the antelope hunts, but specific to the antelope hunts, fantastic opportunities. You're gonna be getting a lot of it documented on film, which is cool because I like to share in that. And you're just going to go out there, have a great time, enjoy the, enjoy the West and have a great hunt. And I couldn't be happier for you guys. And it's going to be great. So hopefully 
fast forward a few months, we're doing a recap and we've got antelope heads on the table here. That'd be cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Anything closing remarks you want to go around the table? Anything else? I just appreciate folks listening to us ramble. Yeah. For X (laughs) amount of minutes here. Um, And if you listen to us the whole way, we appreciate it. Right on. Yeah. I'd say too. Hopefully, a handful of Nebraska flat. Flatlanders talking about antelope. Yeah, yeah, it was entertaining. Yeah, hopefully that was entertaining. <laughs> yeah, well, if nothing else, I bet they the listeners can can hear and feel the passion that we have uh, because I'm looking at my heart rate has has, <laughs> has changed. Uh, so I know I'm getting excited about it, and I think that will will go through to the listener. Hopefully, they enjoyed it. Like you mentioned, it's just great that people will tune in for an hour and twenty minutes and listen to to us talk about something we're passionate about. So we do appreciate that. Uh, and with that, guys, thanks for coming on the podcast. You bet. It's our it pleasure. Fun. How do I do for the first time? Uh, Judd, you <laughs> need Not to out of the park. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you guys want to hear more Judd, we will get more Judd. He's got <laughs> some good stories, some good uh, perspective. And again, thanks again. Everybody, we appreciate you listening in, and we'll catch you on the next one.